Welcome to today's episode of CLCI Live, brought to you by the award-winning and ICF-accredited school, Certified Life Coach Institute. Sit back, relax, and enjoy today's episode. Welcome, welcome, welcome in Beyond the New. We are uh, here to do another CLCI Live, and we're going to talk today about being rebels, uh, rebellion, rebels, all things rebellious and rebel-like, <laughs> maybe a little more than that, too. Um, before we get going, the one thing I do want to invite everybody who's watching to please, please, please go ahead and leave comments. We are monitoring them. We do want to hear from you. So, hi, Janelle. We see you. Hello. <laughs> um, so, join in the conversation. Leave comments. Do all that good stuff. Uh, we really, really enjoy hearing from you. Also, we might have some people join us, come in and out. I think Kyle is here. Jerome's having some sound issues, but hopefully he gets it fixed so he can come in. Um, so, we'll all just take turns. So let's talk a little bit about my cat's a rebel. <laughs> um, about what what we mean when we're talking about being a re or just rebellion or being a rebel. What does that mean to you guys? Rebellious spirit. Um, to me, I'm hearing an echo. Um, but to be rebellious is to there's like a status quo or a rule or like some sort of like established like norm let's just say that um and someone comes along and says this is freaking dumb i want to do something different and then they not only just go do their own thing but they challenge the norm so there has to be kind of like a you know friction going on maybe like a this is thesis antithesis sort of thing where you're butting heads that's does a friction I, always have to happen? Like, I, does that have to be a thing? Because um, there, I mean, there are businesses that that um, sort of, I guess you could say they they encourage rebellion. Like they encourage people to think outside of the box and to stand up and and say, hey, you know, we were doing it this one way for this long. Maybe this way will work instead. Um, that in itself is kind of a form of rebellion, is it not? Um, thoughts, folks. <laughs> Kyle, hello. We're gonna switch to this view, I think. <laughs> so yeah, I think it's going around and exploring and experimenting things um, and testing. You know, is that really the way that we need to do things? Maybe there's other other ways that can be beneficial to us, and the only way to test that is to go outside of that box, like you're talking. Um, when in the podcast I was listening to, well, we'll talk, actually, I'll, I'll bring that up in a minute, but, um, let's keep sharing. Jen, what is rebellion to you? Hmm. Um, to me, it's like not following the herd or not following what is conventionally known as accepted. It's finding something that is within you, whether that's, you know, it's just, it's just following something within you and that's not necessarily within, within others and uh, accepting all the, the things that come with it too. I think rebels know that there's things that come with being a rebel. <laughs> what, what things? Um, I'm just, I guess, thinking for myself, like the areas that I'm rebellious in. I'm not rebellious in all areas, but I am in some. But like, you know, I, I guess in some areas in life, I'm kind of a, 
you know, a weirdo or, you know, I'm different. <laughs> and that's from my rebel spirit for sure. How are you weird or different? I'm kind of curious now. <laughs> um, I mean, we don't even have enough time for how I'm weird or different. Oh, okay. <laughs> right. We, we only have an hour to go into that. <laughs> many, many, many ways. I mean, hmm. One is that I just, I just don't like trends. Right? That's a perfect example. I don't like trends. When something is trendy and popular, I don't like it. Just automatically? I just typically am like, no, not for me. So for me, like I have had this, this like, ongoing like battle where I'll be really into something. And then for whatever reason, it becomes really trendy. Like I was into it long before and then it gets so then i have this like internal struggle where it's like but i love it i can't stop loving it because everybody loves it now because that would make me like and so like it's this internal battle where i have to stay true to what i love even though everybody and their mother now loves it um and i just have to oh. like, okay that's cool it's just it's got its time it's okay it's just that the things i like become cool at some point it's all good mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah that's i always tough for me <laughs> age old struggle struggle of being a hipster <laughs> right before other people do I, I feel that struggle too i definitely experience that sometimes too mine was like nerdy things like i was really into pirates and then pirates the caribbean <laughs> movies came out and i was like i hate you guys <laughs> pirates were rebels yeah but if you're talking about like true historical pirate pirating and then even like modern pirate modern pirates suck and then oh, yeah, like, a little as glamorous as you might think it might be <laughs> being a pirate but I for sure exactly. yes they're absolutely rebels unless you're a corsair corsairs are less rebellious but they're still considered pirate into the pirate kind of realm so <laughs> on the topic of piracy uh pirating movies and music <laughs> you know very common thing that I may or may not have done in the <laughs> late 2000s. Uh, that's rebellious, you know? I guess I think it I'm like be. a pretty badass guy for doing that or may, not doing that. Who, who knows? I'm not admitting to anything. Kyle, what do you think a rebel is? Uh, I would say someone doing things without a cause. You know, just having without no reason. Cause. Yeah, no reason, no rhyme. Just to do it, just to be a rebel. See, I think that that's just being reckless. Like, I think that there's a difference. I think that there's a big difference between being rebellious and being reckless. Um, uh, and I think that, that that's kind of where, in this realm, where I, like, there are parts of me that are proud to be a rebel, right? Um, but I shared a, something I wrote with Jen. There's also parts of me that realize if I'm rebelling against anything, I'm immediately buying into it. Like, I'm immediately giving it some kind of power because that means that, okay, it's awesome enough or whatever it's it's big enough it's it's accepted enough whatever it is to have some kind of power over me that i have to rebel against it so like that in itself is is again an internal struggle as somebody who is has been a self-professed rebel right um because the, the moment you you are are saying you're rebel against something you've been, you've given it power over you right at that point have you not i don't know if giving it power like if we're talking about like real rebellions, like historical rebellions, then the power is just like there. You can't ignore it. You're not giving it power. It's just there. So like 
okay, not real life example, but behind me, rebel symbol from Star Wars. Uh, you can think of any historical rebellion where there's a clear authority figure trying to impose their power. Mm. And somebody is countering that with their own views or, you know, whatever reasons they have, good or bad. Being a rebel is not a good thing sometimes. Um, I was joking about this earlier, but, you know, the Confederacy in the United States, not a good rebellion in my mind. (laughs) Useful ones, but it was for like a specific reason. It wasn't like we're just doing this because... Well, that's like a rebel with a cause, right? There is a rebel. You can have a rebel without a cause, but you can't have a rebel with a cause. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it, the, 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 the game changers, the ones who are willing to stand up and, and say, Hey, this isn't right. The ones that are willing to, to look around them and think differently and go against the grain, right. Have been called rebels, but they're the ones that change history. Are they not? Um, Hmm. Yeah. And that in itself is is a good good rebellion. That's a productive rebellion. So um, there is, I think, the I think a lot of times rebels get a bad rap because they can show up in a very good way, um, and and it can show up in a way that changes the world, um, which is kind of very cool. Yeah, I would say that every time I rebel, it's with cause. I'm actually trying to think of a time when I rebel just to rebel. Like I don't do that. So that, that's a completely different thing for me. Like there's always this big purpose and passion behind my rebellion. <laughs> yeah, I think re- rebellion or re- re- rebel without a cause is boredom. They're just doing something because they're bored. There's no re- rhyme, no reason. But the with the cause, I've softly been following Sue Abrams and I think she's become really for Georgia, a, a huge rebel in the sense of she's had to make lots of claims and lots of um, standing her ground um, based on how the politics is rolling even in her world. Not trying to bring politics in it, but that's someone right now that stands out to me and that's what we're discussing. I've got a question in terms of like coaching. Yeah. How, if you are a coach and you've got a client who's a bit of a rebel how can you determine if they're rebelling or being contra- a contrarian where the rebellions maybe not like a beneficial thing. It's more of like a block um, to their yeah. goals. They have a goal in mind and then some rebellious spirit comes up and it's just, they're doing it because they like to be a contrarian and, you know, yeah. that comes up. I mean, there, there's as part of me, I mean, my, me, so if you want to coach me, we can coach our way through this, that the moment somebody says, Hey, Brooke, go left. I'm like, wait, 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 what's right? What, I, I have first, I have to know what, what is going on right before I'm going to believe you to, to, for me just to go left. Like, I'm not going to just like, no, I'm just going to listen to you because you told me to go left. Mind you, it's probably the right decision, but I have to at least go this way and see for myself before I agree with you and choose to make that decision. So for me, it's about information too. And like the ability for me to make my own sound choices, but there have been many times that I probably could have saved a lot of time and energy just to just listening to the <laughs> folks who, who have said, hey, Brooke, it's probably a bad idea. Like, <laughs> is, it ever, like is it always useful to a person to always question every single freaking thing that comes their way and to like always rebel against it? Like, is it 
oh it's like is it a useful thing to always be like that i don't think so i don't know i mean but where do you draw the line right as somebody i think we we took it all to quiz before this to figure out what kind of people we are and we're all questioners so my question i, re I return that question to you is mm -hmm. it always useful to be questioning uh no sometimes <laughs> i mean you're a self-professed skeptic right so yeah so Sure. Uh, yeah, that's funny. I'm a self-professed skeptic, yet at the same time, there's some things that you just, like, it's just easier just to go with the flow sometimes. Like uh, sometimes, like, in work, for example, like, I, not this job, but I used to work a very structured, hierarchical job that was similar, it was ran similar to pretty much like a police, like, station would be. It did not farewell with me to always question the rationale of my authorities because then nothing would ever get done and sometimes you need to make very fast decisions with very limited limited information and you have to trust the people you know above you and there's that thing right there's an important word is trust do you trust the source of the authority or whoever's telling you to do whatever if you do, then you don't have to question every single, you know, thing that comes your way. You can trust it. And then afterwards, you can sort of rationalize the decision however you want to. I trust I all of you guys, uh, for the most part, uh, Lisa and Brooke. I don't <laughs> question you guys as much as I probably would like to, but I trust you. So everything's easier that way well i think that there's a good it's a good point and one of the things that is um when i said there are companies that that encourage rebellion they encourage thinking outside of the box they encourage that people speak up um and there's a couple weird things that go on in that space is that um the 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 with with rebelling the people who rebel know very clearly when and what areas they're allowed to sort of rebel in, like the areas they're allowed to think out of the box in, essentially. But they also know there are some areas that have to stay, you know, it just goes because you got to keep the ball rolling, essentially. So it's almost like like there is a safe space for for thinking out a rebellion, a safe space for creativity, a safe space, which is kind of in itself contradictory. right? <laughs> but I think that the, ultimately when you're being a productive rebel, you're like working towards a common goal. You're doing it to have good things happen. And so, so that hopefully maybe you can, you can create some kind of like change and benefit um, maybe in a new way, but you have, you can't just do that by like throwing the book out the window. Right. <laughs> um, Throw the baby out with the bathwater. Yeah. I think that, that you're right. I mean, there, to, there has to be some structure to your rebellion if you want to be a productive rebel. <laughs> um, back to coaching with the, within that coaching space too you could go both ways with it what if you have a client that is so by the book that they're scared to break rules um and what do you do with that i'm gonna let jerome kyle or jen take this one i've been <laughs> am i good I think in a space like that, you just got to make sure that your client is aware of the options. Uh, you obviously in the space don't want to lead, um, but asking questions that allow them to kind of unfold some alternate options that they may not have considered um, is a space that I think can help in kind of helping your client get past that very structured, very rigid way of thinking in, again, alternately thinking 
um, along the lines of a rebel. What if the options, like you go through the process of like going through the options with them and they're just like, no, that's, I can't break the rules. Like I don't, I see that there's the option to break the rules. I'm not going to on principle because, you know, bad things will happen. And like, what if the client is being so like narrow where they know that there's options, it's just unthinkable to take that extra step or see the benefits of those options. I might ask who taught you those rules, who gave you those rules, um, and then also how are those rules serving you in this moment, whatever we're working towards. So there, there's a cultural challenge to those kinds of questions. There are some cultures, while they, like, as they are here in the United States, still rely on um, ancestry, how they were brought up, how they, um, that's not the word I'm looking for. What's the, what's the, uh, uh, it works. Uh, they, they know that they're stuck in this place, that they're not going to make any changes, and yet they're frustrated that they know that they're not going to make these changes. I mean, that's what you're talking about, being so in the face of, in this particular case, their upbringing and who they are, and it, it's the, the metaphors questions and how is it serving them just like you're saying Jerome and then maybe in the end it's just more acceptance and instead of a leap they choose something that's about an inch that feels like they're progressing in some direction I think that we should talk to Kyle about this a little bit because I think that Kyle has a, an innately negative feeling about rebels. So I think that maybe maybe we should have a little convo with, with Kyle and, and turn him over to our side, bring him on over. <laughs> so Kyle, how do you feel about rebel, rebellion and rebels? <laughs> oh, we can't hear you. We can't hear you. I think he was having similar issues as me for oh, whatever no. reason. Oh, we lost yeah. Kyle. That's a bummer. Kyle, we maybe can't hear you. Switch off of your AirPods now, maybe, Kyle. That might help. No, maybe. Are we not hearing you either? Oh, man, we lost him. We lost him. Okay. <laughs> oh, darn it. <laughs> All right, I'll take the place of Kyle. I hate Rebels. Um, <laughs> the reason why I... And, why I'm skeptical of rebellious people sometimes is because it almost creates a new norm to rebel against. There's a bit of a irony to it where there's this established norm and you're like, I'm going to rebel against it. And then it creates a new norm Punk if it catches dead. on yeah. Yeah, you're and right. then <laughs> produces something else to rebel against. And the cycle just kind of continues. Um, totally agree with you there. Like, like completely, 100% agree. I mean, it just, and, uh, I mean, as somebody who, who grew up like in scenes, uh, you know, I was punk rock. I was <laughs> all of these things. You reach a point where you're like, okay, this is not, when everybody around you looks just like you and is talking the same, you're like, nobody here is being an individual at all. Um, yeah. And it reached a point where like in those scenes where me and one of my friends would be like, it's like everybody's playing dress up at this point. Like, <laughs> like to, to add on to that too, it's kind of sucky <laughs> when you based your identity on being a rebellious person because you're essentially trying to define yourself by what you're not. 
you don't have, you're don't you're not like affirming who you are. You are saying, "Oh, I'm not this, and I'm not that. I'm rebelling against these the, those norms." But it's like you're this patchwork of a identity where your only basis of identity is the things that exist, and you're trying not to be those things. So, what are you? you? Know, we're at that point. Yeah. Like, what are you? Yeah. What are you? Are you gonna maybe that's something you have something? with your. Maybe that's something that comes up with your client. Maybe your client mm-hmm. is somebody who is basing their entire life on other people. Like, I don't want to be that. Well, I don't want to act like that. Well, I don't want to be like her. Well, I don't. And and that's at that point, you ask the question, well, what do you want to be? I mean, right? What do you want? Yeah. I don't care about her. I don't care. What do you want to be? Or, or okay, what is she being? <laughs> you know, what are you? Um, so what you're, you're speaking in, both of you are speaking in, is someone, they call it the contrarian, that person who wants to do the opposite of what's going on still is doing kind of the same thing because they're not deciding, discerning, opening up to figuring out what is it that they want. And so coaching really can be beneficial for that person. The other thing too, is a lot of times a contrarian is not, people aren't liking that person. They're not listening to that person because that person's not listening to other people. I think that, that there has to be, um, a willingness to cooperate like if i think if as a rebel if i'm if i'm thinking okay i want things to go we're doing it this way we gotta do it this way this way is not working well first i'm gonna find out why we've been doing it this way for so long like why okay tell me about what's going on and why we do it this way so that i can have all that information and then go okay well have you ever considered over here but first i'm gonna listen to you and your side of things first before i go hey you're doing it wrong <laughs> at that point everybody's gonna be like screw off <laughs> check out they're all gonna rebel against me so um jen <laughs> okay so i have a question what what do you do when you have a client that you sense is rebelling against their own goals right so like they have this goal and then you're following up and they're just like not taking the action that they know will get them to their goal. What's that look like as that far happens. as the coaching process? And that happens. That happens for many reasons. Like it's one of the things that Dan talks about is sometimes our own success is our biggest fear. Like, yeah. um, and so we rebel against and We are our own worst enemies. Um, we will put our own blocks in the way. We will sabotage our own goals. Um, yeah, so it goes I, beyond just not doing anything like you. There are some people who will act, who will set a goal and then actively sabotage against that actively goal. Actively self-sabotage, yes. Actively go. Yeah. Saboteur. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so how do you coach that? That's what I'm asking. <laughs> <laughs> what do you recognize in that person who's doing the saboteur work? What do you see when you're... I can, I can be a self-sabotager. I can. So, um, I, I've absolutely been, been a self-sabotager. We can talk about right now, my laundry, it's a self-sabotaging <laughs> kind of situation I got going on. So if you want, we can coach me through that because I am putting every obstacle in my way between me and putting away my laundry right now. <laughs> um, oh, putting away. Yeah, I got that problem too. I hate it with the passion. <laughs> I want to rebel. Like I will do anything not to do my laundry, anything. Like I will find any excuse. Mind you, I know. And I say to myself, Brooke, you're going to be happier when it's done. It's, 
this Sunday you're doing it. Nope. Sunday comes and goes. It's not happening. <laughs> Brooke. Okay. So what, what are the thoughts that come up when you think about doing your laundry? Oh God, I, I don't want to do it. It's annoying. Um, why do I have to do this? There's better things to do. I'm tired. This is like the worst thing in the world, <laughs> but I know that I'll like the results, right? But I just, it's about getting from like the, that, that like, to, to, okay, the result is important. And also part of me goes, who cares? Like nobody's coming over. <laughs> so when you think all those thoughts, I don't want to, why do I have to, who cares? What do you do? Uh, anything else, like <laughs> anything, but my, like anything else, I will find any excuse not to do my laundry. <laughs> maybe not have, maybe not doing your laundry is like actually like beneficial for your life, like in an overall sense. Maybe you should have that. I'm not coaching anymore. Like no, you just that was total fixing and total. Yeah, this is this is not coaching. I'm just offering the alternative view. We all got our piles of laundry that we just don't want to do. We literally do everything else except for the pile of laundry. I is hired it, somebody so to do my laundry for me. Like the, it comes folded. All I have to do is put it away because, like, I know I'm not going to do it. Like, but I still can't put it away. <laughs> like, that's so let me let me ask you this: you're you're telling us that you should put away the laundry. Why should you? Why does that laundry need to be put away? In the I don't place? like, I don't, I, I want it organized. I would prefer seeing it put away. I would prefer having it put away, but yeah, there are some, you're helping me right now, by the way, this is working. <laughs> I'm just um, asking like if, if you said it's no, folded. I know uh, the end result. I want it. I want it organized. And I'm, as you're sharing this, I'm realizing what my block here is like one of my blocks, like, because, because if I had a good place for everything to get put away, like if I had, cause I feel like right now I don't have a good place for everything to get put away. Like I have too much clothing and I don't have enough space for it. And also I, I just, it's like, it's like become overwhelming at this point. You know what I mean? So it's like, if I had a good place for everything to go and it was just easy, boom, which I've got it all set up to be easy, but I just have to get rid of some of my clothing and I just, have not done that and um uh so that kind of ultimately is the, the issue more than this is brooke has to go through and like purge out her clothes really bad and then then i'll be okay with putting things away because it'll be easy because everything will have a spot it won't feel like i'm like jamming things into drawers for everything. <laughs> so it sounds like creating space is the step that will lead you to putting laundry away. Yeah, that for me, knowing, yes, creating space would be much, it would be easier. So now we have to get through the next obstacle, <laughs> which is which is me finding the time, energy, and desire to create that space. <laughs> and that's when I hire like a, a professional organizer because I just don't want to deal with it. <laughs> <Getting closer. laughs> it feels like work. Like I work during the day, right? I work when I'm done working and I, you know, I work a significant amount. The last thing I want to do is work more. Like, I don't want to work on my, I don't want to, you know, I want to like relax and do things um, that are fun. <laughs> so, okay. So it's, it actually sounds like you not putting your laundry away actually works for you. 
Oh, it, it does in many ways. Yeah, absolutely it does. But in other ways, it drives me nuts. So it's a, it's a double-edged sword. <laughs> um, so if I could, I mean, I wish I had like, you know, have you ever seen Cinderella? You remember when all the little animals come to life and they help put everything? I want that. Nick and Danger, they could do that. I wish my cats did that. I'm constantly asking them to. That's the magic wand question. Yes, that's mine. Mine is completely unrealistic. Uh, oh Ronnie Carol Liza says in the comments is a quote good place an excuse giving yourself grace or just the reality so how about tiny steps one purge any extra clothes two bi-weekly laundry and do small batches of laundry two to three times a week so it never overwhelming three this weekend before doing anything else pick up the place and put clothing on that would be so, responsible Brooke that's not going to happen <laughs> <laughs> So that has to happen is I have to invite somebody over. Like I have to invite somebody over to my house and then it will be clean. It will get clean like instantly, very quickly. <laughs> and my clothes will be put away. <laughs> so, wait, wait, wait. Why, why is that the case though? Why does why somebody else though? need to be there? Because only right. I'm allowed to see my house in this state. <laughs> so, there's a, is an obliger. There's a weird sort of paradox that's they like we kind of take a step back from this example. If Brooks' rebellious nature does its thing, then the laundry won't get done. But some sort of external rule or obligation or like this, I guess, social like thing needs to happen where like, oh, somebody else is going to come in see your mess. What happens then when they see your mess, Brooke? Well, nothing. I mean, I've had plenty of people come in and see my mess. My preference is for it not to be messy, though, because I have a pride about my house. Like, I have I have art on every square corner of my house. My house is cool looking when it's put away and put together. And so when people come over, I want them to experience the cool looking house. <laughs> and if it's a mess, it is not nearly as cool. <laughs> like, I am a host. I like to host when uh, when people come over. I mean, I'm... I'm uh, I've done set design, I've done entertainment design, I've thrown epic parties. Um, so I like to have a good space for people to like come in, check it out, be able to, you know, be comfortable. That's very important to me in my space. And it was more important than putting away my laundry. So in that case, it's like I'm creating an experience. Like that is like tapping into my, <laughs> um, and so the house gets cleaned <laughs> very quickly. <laughs> um, also though, sometimes it's thorn in my side though, cause I'll be cleaning it quickly and I'm not putting things away properly. So then it ends up resulting in the mess again later because I can't find anything cause it just got like quickly stuffed. <laughs> so that's, this is an example of me making an assumption about through coaching. I assume that people coming over would be like a, like, an embarrassment thing or like a shame no. thing going on it's not it's just brooks like ego now at this point <laughs> to some degree yeah it is it is absolutely wouldn't embarrassment and shame that's ego as well is it not like that is an ego sure, but that's like the external source of people putting their expectations on how you should have your house oh no but that's okay your expectation okay yeah i can live with people i mean, but that's not say. that wasn't the you case. You like though. me or you don't like me. I'm not everybody's you know, favorite flavor. It's okay. <laughs> um, but if you're coming over, I'm going to show you a good time. <laughs> so my next question is: Does the laundry out prevent you from inviting people over? That it does. 
it does create anxiety because like it's like will i have enough time will i you know what i mean absolutely it does because so that is an obstacle and it's another reason why i know okay brooke you gotta you gotta put your life like literally it's all folded it's beautiful it's clean it's it's just all sitting on my table and right in front of my table right here and not put away and then so it's like okay well i just find my clothes it's, it's also convenient because it's like right there i don't have to think about it it's not in drawers for me to find <laughs> this is a product of adhd anybody who has adhd you empathize with this situation because we are people who make messes but we know where everything is in our mess like we know exactly and if you touch our mess we're like who moved that <laughs> because we know where everything is in our mess and the moment it's our mess is moved we're, we're, we know <laughs> so so um, then again what's what is the issue here? Because it seems like there's benefits on both sides. There's right. benefits to having your laundry out folded, easily accessible. There's benefits to having it organized and put away and going through the work of that. Where on that scale is it tending to? So that's the thing. I think here, here is you've tapped into something here. So I don't, it's not like I feel bad in like with my laundry out. Like, it's not like it's something that it's like, oh man, uh, hate myself like that's not what's going through my head it's just like man it'd be nice if like it was a little cleaner over here um but it's not the end of the world right uh there are far bigger fish for me to fry and that's kind of the thing is it's not high priority for me most of the time so like it's it's a big big part of his prioritization and i what i've done is i prioritize other things above putting that away like other things i've made them more important and and i think that this has just sort of helped me be okay with that, <laughs> right? Because I am, because I will clean it up when I'm ready and when it's time and when it's appropriate and I'll be fine. Like, um, so it's, uh, I thank you for that. Like it's this whole thing is come, I've come to, I've come to grips or uh, to accept that it's okay that my laundry is not always put away. <laughs> now this is a good example of this. This was not the best coaching by me by far. <laughs> But it's a good example of sometimes the goal is just not having that as a goal of coaching. You realize that it's just there's more important things to talk about or do in your life. Whatever well, the goal. Too, I mean, you could say like I could say that part of it is societal pressure to some degree, and like you know, I, I well I know that other people who are not like me have perfectly clean houses and I should be like them and like all the time. And, and so there's like that that goes on in my head to some degree, but then the rebel in me is like, why just do what you're going to do. This is your house. You pay the rent here. Nobody can tell you it. Like you, this is your space. Do what you want with it. If you're comfortable, that's you. Like, um, I don't have to answer to anybody. So it's, you, it's so is that an example of rebelling, not against people because I don't think any, has anybody recently told you, you need to clean your damn house, Brooke? No, no. And if I asked anybody to help me, they would all tell me to screw off. So, yeah. <laughs> so it's sort of like you're rebelling against your own expectations or like what you believe other people want you to do. Whether these stories that you tell yourself are true or not, there's a rebellion that's happening. That's like an internal rebellion. There's no external or oh, not I, have a a lot lot of internal, I have a lot of internal rebellion. I absolutely do. Jen, do you, it looks like Jen agrees with me. She's got some internal rebellion as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I have it too. We could do the same exact coaching on me, right? Like I want to, I want to 
I want to paint this wall behind me and I want to make it look all nice when I'm on the lives. I want you to be able to like know who I am a little bit. And what this is my third live and I still have this gray wall and it's making me mad. <laughs> you know, like rebelling against my own desire, my own goal. And I don't really know why. Kyle, Jerome, coach her now. <laughs> I wouldn't say what, like I'm getting out of the seat. Would it be fair to say that Anthony coached Brooke to comfortability? And is that okay to do as a coach? Maybe that isn't necessarily the goal that they came in with, but as Brooke seemed to realize, she's okay with it. And coaching to comfortability, I think comfortability is a goal. I think it's a tangible goal. Would it be fair to say that is what happened? And is that okay? Also, really quick. Really quick, one I've touched on that, but also want to mention one of the things is Brooke, why are you not your best guest to impress yourself? Why are you not worthy of being your own guest, loving yourself, self love, etc.? Not my mess does not mean I don't love myself, like I do, and I love I have a fantastic experience in here. I it is, it is very little to do with self love, um, uh, it, it's entirely to do with me just being comfortable. It's actually probably self love that I don't clean to some degree, <laughs> um, but now to what Jerome was saying one of the things we talk about in class is the goal the goal that a client comes in with is often not what they really end up working on like you they they start in one place and then come to a realization typically somewhere within that space oh wait this is actually about this or this is actually so a lot of times they may have a goal but it's the we're not attached to the outcome like that's the key here right so the outcome can be very different than um than than what the goal can be I'm going to yeah. add to that. What I did, though, probably wasn't good because I came in with a bias. Like, my intention was to get Brooke to be comfortable with that. If that happens naturally in the process of you being a curious coach and asking questions, so be it. But I did it full disclosure, just like, it's not that big of a deal, Brooke. Like, let's just get you to see my point of view. So don't do what I did. That was a rebellious coach coaching a rebellious client. That was <laughs> right? A rebellious coach coaching a rebellious client. Anthony, she showed signs that that's what was best for her. Like, she showed that she was functioning in, in, in that way and that just coming to this level of acceptance, like, at least that's what I saw, was mm. like, that was kind of what she wanted. Oh, no. I jumped like I jumped on that opportunity to just like, as soon as she like opened the door for it, like I God, decided to put my own sort of bias in there, which is kind of, it's not the worst thing, but it's probably not, not best practice as a coach. You should probably explore all the possibilities instead of going well, with what Brooke wants. Um, and I just I missed wanted. you a little at first though. And I had to think of it. Like I had to come to that conclusion on my own as well. Like it just, mm. again, that's the rebel in me. You can tell me, but I'm not going to listen to you until I work it through on the inside. Um, and then Ronnie, I just want to, uh, she said, oh, because you uh, wanted to be impress a guest. I, I agree. And I do want to impress myself too. And I will, that's the moment I will end up cleaning it up and I will end up and I'll feel good and I'll feel happy. And then I'll make it a mess again. Cause that's what I do. <laughs> Just the cycle of my life. And I'm okay with it. I really am. Um, I get it from my dad too. He's the same way. <laughs> so maybe working back to Jen now, uh, we sort of got a bit sidetracked. Well, before you go there, I want to respond to your question. Uh, when we're in that coaching place and we recognize that it has transitioned to something different, 
then it becomes something that we go back to setting like that contract that we do in the beginning of the coaching session. What do they want to work on? They share with you. How will they know they've achieved that? Right. And then it transitions. You bring that all to the forefront. You know, I noticed where we started from. This is what we were speaking about, what we've spoken about. You know, so in that reflection, I notice where we are at the moment that this is coming up. Does this feel like that place of where where you want to operate from? So it is bringing it back around. Okay, now go back to Jen. Thank you. Oh, I was going to say, um, damn it, now I forgot. No, I remember. <laughs> So you said there was some self-rebellion going on. You listed some reasons why having a nice, cool background would be great. It's like self-expression, showing who you are, uh, you know, what's, you know, what's happened? What has prevented you from decorating the wall? The fact that when the weekend hits, I don't want to paint a wall. I want to go do other stuff. It's really... That's what's happening is that I'm like, oh, you deserve to go outside and do this and you should do this. And, oh, you worked all week. You should do this. It's like I can't bring myself to to paint the wall. Preach it. <laughs> I, I recognize that bit. Why does it have to happen on the weekend, though? What what makes the weekend important? Well, um. I mean, I have to work in this office, so I would prefer to paint it when I'm not working in it. I don't, I don't think that's probably good to work in a freshly painted office. Oh, sorry, right? I forgot that it was painting. For some reason, I was just like any sort of decor, decor would work, but painting specifically. Yeah. So then it it needs to happen on the weekend. What I'm hearing for practical reasons. So. I don't know if you you might work might be a little like cooler sitting in a paint fuming room you know um so for practical reasons weekend is the best time to do it but when weekend rolls around you'd rather be doing something else other than painting a wall yeah okay is there, yes Brooke? is there a way that you could make painting the wall not feel like work we could pay her make it feel more like work it not feel like work not feel like work um uh maybe yes no i noticed that you're like you're like oh when you're when like god because i can go either way i literally could think these thoughts or these thoughts like it could be fun, yes, if I really got excited about it and made it a big deal and put music on and had like a little painting party, right? Or I could stay stuck in this, oh, I don't want to do it. It sucks. It's work. It's boring. So, so okay. <laughs> what do you get from, from it sucks, it's work, it's boring? This wall every week. That's what I get. And then the shame that goes along with the wall. <laughs> what else do you get though? Cause you get more than that. Oh, I do. I get to spend my weekend doing stuff that doesn't feel like work. Okay. And then what do you get if you paint the wall? And make it fun. 
um, I get something I want, something that I envision for myself. Like I want, I want to decorate and, and create my home office. Like I actually am excited about doing that now. There we go. There it was. <laughs> I'm excited about it because it's something. Tell me more. I want to know more about that excitement. Tell me more about that excitement. Because <laughs> as soon as I start to think about the end goal of like walking into my office and just feeling so excited. Oh my God, I, I get to work in this space every day. I created this. This was my vision. This is all me. Like I put in the work. Like that's what I want. I want the feeling that comes on the other side of all the work. What is that feeling? Um, proud. Proud and accomplished. And um, ownership. Like I created something. And what is pride, accomplishment, and ownership give you? Fulfillment. <laughs> yeah, I see you're laughing, but fulfillment's pretty awesome, right? I mean, yeah. yes, <laughs> that's always clearly what I'm like shooting for with things. That's the second time that's come up as like a word for me. Like, yeah. So, how committed are you to painting the wall? One to ten. Well, now that I've said it out loud, I feel like. I don't have a choice. I have to be a 10. <laughs> you have to be a 10? Like, is, there any, is there anything that could that could wait, take you that 10 down from that 10? <laughs> no, no, now that, so what's so interesting is that I had that goal for myself and I was letting, I wasn't um, following through with my with myself. I was rebelling against myself, but now that I've put it into the external, right? Now that I'm being held accountable for everything that I just, you know, declared, right? Now that <laughs> I've exposed myself, like now now I like I have to follow through with it. I just I just have to. Okay. And, <laughs> and I want to. So I'm actually kind of like glad that we put it out there cuz now I'll just do it. When do you want there was some interesting word choice that you used earlier when you were, you know, getting excited about looking forward towards the rewards. You said putting in the work to like see, you know, what would like be the outcome and like walking into your office where before work was like this eh, negative thing. Like we were trying to get away from work on the weekend, but you used work in a different sense. We're going towards work was beneficial to your like goals um i you know i'm just making an observation here but there seems to be a sort of shift in the way work was used um how are you feeling about this being work quote unquote um it's it's necessary work like i i actually realized through this conversation that the the work is required for me to feel that creative ownership over the space, right? Like if I just snap my fingers and like HGTV came in and gave me this beautiful <laughs> office, it wouldn't feel the same as if I create it. I would love it and I would be super excited about it. But hey, I don't know what you're talking about because snapping your fingers to 
make an office. Well, you know, not my office, but I mean, it's not the same. I want what comes on the other side of the work. So, so now I, now I have a level of acceptance. I have an awareness of the work as a requirement and I have a level of acceptance that I'm now actually kind of excited about because that's what I want. Now we're going to see you next week. Uh, we're going to force <laughs> you to be on the live. So there's no yeah. getting out of it, but we'll just see, you know, what the wall looks like. And then, yep. you know, we'll talk about it for a little bit and um, go from there. That's the end of our coaching. Not exactly a coaching moment there. I would have asked her, so when are you going to paint the wall? When are we going to see? Oh the wall? yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. <laughs> when do you want to do that? I mean, if I go, if I, take time Saturday to go pick out the paint and then I can paint Saturday or Sunday. So step one is just getting the paint. Once I have the paint, I'll do it. Okay. So Saturday you're getting the paint is what I'm hearing. Mm -hmm. um, what color? I'm curious. Um, like kind of the color of Lisa's shirt. Like a, Ooh. like a, Blue, like, a, like a bluish teal kind of yeah, it's a, a deep deep teal yeah. Yeah. pretty very very pretty <laughs> which i'm not supposed to say as a coach by the way not, <laughs> not at all now i saw that janelle put in the comments wow sounds like a lot of pressure being put on the wall um <laughs> might be the case but it's it is i mean that's that is jen's choice to apply that pressure so <laughs> Um, and it seems like a pressure that she wants. So I don't think I would question around that necessarily. Um, Lisa, would you? No, I, I want to, I, I want to pull in noticing body language. So the things that, you know, as we were watching, um, shifts in her body language, did you, did you out there in TV land <laughs> or social media land, um, recognize her features shifted when she started talking about her dream of making it uh, just her space that she will feel welcome to walk into and want to be a part of her features completely shifted. And a lot of the times, even in coaching, will identify, you know, I just noticed something shifted. What, what's going on there? And her talking into that experience and really getting into that envisioning, how do you see this wall? Well, I see it as this teal kind of um, deep shade. And I, you know, and so getting her even to live in that moment can be beneficial to help her really experience on what she wants to do in that space. It's more on this side, an experiment, but it's getting her working in that ideal space even before she's or has done that work. And we're bringing this all back to our topic of rebellion. This is an example of how Jen and I rebel internally. <laughs> like we rebel and we have our own internal rebellions, which um, is something that you will often, honestly often find with your clients that, that this exists often. Um, and it can go a lot of ways. It can go towards like with me, I'm just like, okay, I accept it. This is part of me. It's who I am. Or with Jen her, tapping her into that, desire to of the outcome that desired outcome and what it will feel like and how and, and what that is for her um 
too, at least I wanted to ask, um, when you're exploring the space, we're just being curious. Like, when did you ask her, well, tell me more about the wall. What color will it be? What co what will you have on it? Like, that's just being genuinely curious and asking questions in that space, right? And I missed the question. I, I heard you say that you had a question there, but did you say, when do you ask that? Oh, no, I just, because I, where I, the one thing that I worry about is, is, always like don't want to lead right we don't want to lead there so yeah, yeah, yeah. just but just being curious is just a way we're not leading at that point we're just saying hey tell me more about the wall what's going to yeah. be on it what 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 are you going to do with it mm -hmm. um and being genuinely interested in that can probably get the client excited about the outcome mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. okay just making sure i understood correctly <laughs> that's all that's that internal cheerleader you know we use that word we're not the cheerleaders coaches are not the cheerleaders but it's helping that client find their internal um, space that cheers them on and moves them and helps them be attached to what they are envisioning. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I, I probably gave all the right cues to show that the more that I envisioned it, the more that I, you know, really went there in my head, the more excitement built within me and the more I kind of became aligned with, with, you know, the next action that I would need to take to get there. Yeah, and a good rainy day. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I was thinking... Like in my head, I, I you know, like she said, music party, just mm -hmm. make it a painting party. Yeah. <laughs> I love to paint. Like I'm, I'm the, I'm like I have, a, I have a, I worked on a paint crew for a long time. I painted a lot of things in my life, so painting is very fun for me. So I don't like to paint. Not <laughs> <laughs> I don't like to mask though. That's the. This is my problem. I like painting. It's like the masking things off part is like the worst part for me though. <laughs> Just want to get someone else to do it. I think we're winding down. Uh, I want to hear one rebellious thing each of you guys have done in your life. The most rebellious thing. Are we productive rebellion? Because let's talk about productive rebellion. Okay, productive, productive rebellion. <laughs> I have one I can share. Um, so when I worked at Knotts, I was uh, kind of known for we I, we had this huge event that not scary farm job was to scare the crap out of people. Well. My entire time there, I was always pushing the like pushing the envelope. Like, why can't we do this? Why can't we do this thing? So one of the things we did is, it used to be that you couldn't upcharge within and create an experience where people like it was going to be small. There wasn't going to be a lot of, of people going through it. So I found a way for us to actually build this maze called Trapped um, that only a very small amount of people could get through. Um, we we charged more for it, but there was like. The, ex the experience was dialed up, you know, people were going to touch you. They were all these crazy things are going to happen that could not happen. It could never have happened before it not. And it huge hit. It did awesome. Um, I also brought in um, uh, what's it called a uh, laser tag, but for zombies, we did zombie laser tag um, and created an entire like video game experience, essentially with op um, objectives and all these things where we had people and none of this had ever been done before at all. Knots, and then my favorite thing that I did was like, why can't we create a swamp inside a maze? Like, you can't do that. No, we can do that. We can create a swamp inside a maze. And we literally took a warehouse, and half of the warehouse was built over water, a giant pool that we put in there, and we created a bayou in the middle of the maze. Um, and all things that everybody was like, that could never happen. And I was like, no, we'll find a way. Let's do it. <laughs> um, and and so 
something of a rebellious spirit I uh, have always had, but in a productive way that scared the crap out of people. <laughs> Jerome. Cool story. I use a blinker when I drive. That seems to be pretty rebellious. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if I had to think about it, um, I think probably in a social setting, I'm pretty rebellious. I don't, when I go out and I have a good time, I don't like to stick to a schedule. So for example, if I go to an amusement park, I, that irritates me to actually have to stay stuck to some certain schedule, a particular schedule that was come up prior to us actually coming to the park. Um, and I think deviating from that schedule, ultimately, for the most part, for everybody kind of helps them enjoy the moment a bit better. Because kind of like what we were talking about, separation of work and fun, um, I think when you stick to a schedule when you're trying to have, you know, a, a leisure time, a leisurely time, um, then you're kind of working, you're working work into that. So I think me, uh, when it comes to social settings, I like to be free and loose and hopefully people join me along in that journey. Have you ever taken a vacation with like a, a, another group of people and like afterwards you were like, that was like a job. Like, oh my God, <laughs> well, there was no relaxing. I'm never doing that again. <laughs> um, yeah, I agree with you. Uh, most rebellious thing you've done. Can you, can you hear me? Yeah. Oh, nice. Uh, I don't know if it's the most rebellious thing, but it's the first thing that came to my mind. It was sort of on the lines of working and I do a lot of reporting and paperwork. And I ask a lot of people for their feedback and questions and I reach out to them. And it was like email work. I was putting everything through an email, you answer this question. And then I had to put it on my document on my report, which was uh, tedious to say the least and very long to wait on everybody else. So I kind of threw out my own suggestion that why don't we use Google documents as something that people can all go on at the same time. And this was like, it seems like an, an easy answer fix, but it was a completely rebellious thing to do of letting other people in the report prior to the report being completed. It was like, what are you doing? After the first year of suggesting it and doing it and kind of doing it and asking for permission later, it was a huge success. It was the best feedback we started seeing from others because they could chime in on their own time. They didn't have to wait for an email response. They could see, all the live work I was doing at that time. And just that little sense of rebelling of this isn't working, this typical email and stuff like that. It's not working for me anymore. And seeing that, I don't know, work, work smarter, not harder. And we know what's out there. So that's kind of where I, I could see my rebel wave thrown in there. Awesome, by the way, Kyle, for embracing your rebellious spirit, <laughs> rebelling for good. <laughs> I think. Uh, Jen? Lisa? Jen? Lisa? Yeah, either one. <laughs> Go ahead, Jen. Oh, now oh, we can't hear Jen. Oh, no. What is this? It's taking it's... turns with people. Yeah. <laughs> Lisa, go. Lisa. We'll get you next. We'll try again in a minute, Jen. <laughs> so let's see if I can shorten this story. The, the story is, is I don't let a closed door keep me out. I always find ways in. I think that's the quickest way around the story. I, I, I tend to look for alternatives. I tend to, to see what other opportunities there are. Um, and then I always have people coming with me. <laughs> so I, I'm in that place, bringing them along with me. I check closed doors, see if they're locked. 
and uh, that's just something I've always done. So, Jen, is your audio working? Maybe. No. Yeah. Well, that's been about an hour, so I think we'll. Well, Anthony, wait, you're rebellious. Oh, yeah. Um, all right. So this one's like personal, not like work related, but like, and this is also not productive. This is specifically anti-productive. Um, I got a, uh, vasectomy at the age of 25 and with, when the doctor asked me, I had like a few doctors like ask, are you sure you want to do this? You're so young. The fact that I was questioned on that gave me the hundred percent reassurances like oh yeah this is what i want like <laughs> the fact that i had somebody challenge that put that rebel kind of spirit in me was like let's do this let's go for this so it's not really interesting or productive but you know it's a little bit rebellious i guess for a guy my age so that's kind of interesting definitely interesting thank you for sharing so I think that about wraps it up. Um, so go out there, be rebellious. Um, let your clients embrace the rebel while still questioning on them and, and you know uh, challenging them. I just want to bring this up. CLCI, we're a bunch of rebels. You know why? Because we certify life coaches in three days. <laughs> Nobody else out there does that. And we get questioned daily with how we do it. Um, we are rebels for so many reasons. We're rebels because our staff is our, who our staff is. We are just, we are a rebellious lot. Um, and so if you want to harness your inner rebel and come and be trained by a bunch of awesome rebel coaches, check out Certified Life Coach Institute, uh, certifiedlifecoachinstitute.com. And if you like this video, like it, share it, do all that good stuff. Don't rebel against it share it with the world. <laughs> hey everyone, thanks for tuning into today's episode. Once again, this is brought to you by Certified Life Coach Institute. We're an ICF accredited school who certifies our life coaches in three-day online intensive courses. In addition to other podcast episodes, feel free to check us out every Tuesday at 4 o'clock p.m. Pacific Standard Time on YouTube or Facebook for our CLCI Lives, where we get together and discuss various topics that are centered around sharpening your skills so you can become a better certified life coach. For more information, feel free to visit us at certifiedlifecoachinstitute.com. Until next time, be well.